Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Amy Linden. Now, when I was first starting my acting journey, I did like a lot of new actors do and searched for podcasts that I could listen to. Gotta love a podcast. Learn all about the acting industry. And I stumbled across Audrey Helps Actors. If you haven't listened to Audrey Moore's podcast, listen to it. Oh my goodness. The very first episode I listened to was Amy Linden's episode. And oh my goodness, I think I've listened to it four times now. I was rocked. I loved everything about her energy, her vibe, her approach to teaching, a very logistical, algorithmic way to break down a script. Mm, My science brain loved it. So I signed up for her class and absolutely, absolutely adored it. I booked my very first role with her method, I should say. And another thing that happened, which was really cool. Again, I'm not paid by Amy, for God's sakes. Y'all should know that by now. But one of the acting classes I did, I used her method, her little algorithm, her great algorithm. And I had an actor reach out to me who I'd never really met before, who was auditing the class, slid into my DMs and said, man, I love your process and the way you work. Who taught you that? Where did that come from? And I said, Amy Linden. So the fact that she wanted to be on my podcast, I got so excited. I fangirled a little bit. She also is the acting coach of one of my previous guests, Alvin Cohen. If you remember, he was a professional football player turned actor. And again, Amy and I just talk about how much he's just the greatest, greatest guy. Anyways, Amy Linden, please enjoy her incredible energy and me fangirling out on this episode. Please enjoy the incomparable Amy Linden. Okay. Tell me your story. How did you get to become Amy Linden? <laughs> You're going to have to ask my parents that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember that I, and I hope my mom doesn't kill me for saying this, but I believe my brother and I were in our bassinet was a drawer. <laughs> You know, growing up, um, I would say that uh, we had money, then we didn't have money, then we had money, we didn't have money. So um, I was used to like this roller coaster of uh, when you have money, when you don't have money and what that looks like. You know, I, I would consider myself more like a working class, like of the people. <laughs> And so that's why, um, like all of my classes are filled with massive diversity because maybe, I don't know, maybe because I'm just so grounded and, uh, blue. Mm. Mm. No, no nepotism in your, yeah, I don't, I don't do like a, like, Oh, well I'm famous. So therefore I have to charge you now like a million dollars. I, I tell you the truth, I always found that to be a bunch of bullshit. And honestly, I don't even 
think there's that many teachers that have as many series regulars like, like I do and in Emmy winners and thousands of people working around the world. I just don't go around going, oh, yeah, I have all these people, so therefore I'm going to charge you all this money. Mm -hmm. So since I'm up and down and up and down, they're up and down and up and down too. Hmm. So I'd rather somebody stay with me and train with me than be able to afford me. Interesting. Yeah. That's why I have students that have been with me for years. They'll go and do a, a TV show and they'll come back and they'll jump, jump back in class or they'll go do a guest star. They'll jump back in class because it's affordable. Mm -hmm. And nothing I hate more than somebody saying, Oh, well, you know, Amy's Amy has these low prices, so you should train with her. You know, that's not the reason to train with me. You idiot. <laughs> How did you? I'm not sure that's what you wanted to hear, but no, I love it. I, but it's true. You know what's interesting? I'm gonna do before I get to my question. It's funny. I was we had a a meeting with my whole agency. Like we had a roster meeting, and she invited in a acting coach here in Toronto. His name is Louis Baumander. He's a phenomenal guy. And somebody asked a very similar question to that. What your experience was there? Being like, is is the the more expensive the acting coach? Is it better? And he actually said, he was like, they were like talking about there's an acting coach in Toronto who's charging like 500 bucks an hour because they worked with XYZ. And Lewis was like, there's literally no acting coach on the planet who's worth that. Like literally none. And he's like, I don't understand why that. Well, because, because they make it a business. For me, um, I'm, I'm one of you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm out there in the rooms with you. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were able to go into the rooms, um, I remember my students would come up to me and I'd be like, shh, don't talk to me. I'm in my zone. Go away. You know, it's like, I taught you not to talk to anybody. So why are you talking to me? You know? <laughs> well, and I think that's a really interesting part of your background, right? Because you came at this as an actor first. Is that correct? Yeah, and I'm still, I'm getting ready to shoot two movies, feature films, and I have one releasing, it's in post, um, one shooting in Florida and the other one shooting next month here, um, that's, that's also shooting in Spain, but unfortunately I'm not going to Spain. But, <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still out there with you guys. Well, and I think that's really... I wouldn't say it's it's not necessary or anything like that, but I think it's important because there you have literal empathy for what your students are going through. And so can you take me through basically your career? How did you develop the Linden technique? This is a huge question. How did you develop that, but also your career as an actor from when you were younger up till now? I'd love to hear it. Um, well, I've always been an actor and back then we called it actress uh, <laughs> I was an actress at 10 years old and I did everything that I could get my hands on. You know, I even used to write on the bathroom wall because we wrote on bathroom walls back then in indelible ink. I would write Amy Lynn cause I was changing my name, you know, and with an E and then I go, Oh, how does that look? And I put an underline under the E and like, I knew from the get-go, I was going to do this. My parents um, weren't into it because then they would have to drive me into New York City. So 
Mm -hmm. Um, They waited until I was 16 that I could jump on a train myself. You know, but I, I did anything I could get my hands on because I loved it that much. So anybody that's watching, there's really no excuse. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you entertain the pediatrics ward, which is what I used to do as a child, uh, you know, I, it, uh, I was Lucy and it, uh, uh, Charlie Brown, you know, and, uh, I, you know, and I did whatever I could just to act. And then when I could legitimately act, since my parents weren't really interested that much, because <laughs> they think it's a phase, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're a kid, they're, they're like, oh, well, it's like a sport or something, you know? Yeah. But then they started taking me a lot more seriously when I jumped on a train at 16 to study at the neighborhood playhouse in New York City, which was Meisner was in the building. I was upstairs and Meisner was on the second floor, Sanford Meisner, and I studied in the junior school and I used to go there every Saturday for two years straight. (laughs) And then, um, and then I was like, oh, I have to, I have to go to London. So I went to London to study Shakespeare at 17, um, you know, where other kids were out, you know, in the corner doing drugs and drinking and, you know, having fun. I'm, I'm having fun being an actor. <laughs> that to me was like my thing, you know, and the family that we create. Oh. Yeah. People don't understand that every time you work on a project, you create a family. Hmm. And, you know, I think that as actors, we're like in the circus. Honestly, I think we're a bunch of, <laughs> we're a bunch of carnies. We go from, <laughs> we go from town to town, entertaining people. And some of us are very charactery. And some of us wear the pretty dresses or the pretty outfits or whatever, or have the great mustache. But, I mean, for the most part, I think I've been a carny my whole life. And I think that's really, it's a vein that I've heard from a lot of people like myself who had a career first, the sensible career, and then switched into acting because there was something missing. And a lot of that, at least for me personally, was a sense of creative community, which I cannot find or have not found in any other career except for acting, because I think it's so vulnerable. Mm. And so when you're with people who are also being vulnerable, you have like, it's almost like trauma bonding, right? You're bonding with each other. We're all a group of kind. Well, you know, I mean, to be an actor to begin with, I mean, a great actor, you have to be broken. I'm sorry. Mm. You have to be broken in some sense or, or if you're not broken, know where broken is, you know? I'm talking about to be a brilliant actor that people pay like $20 to see in the movies, you know, like those kind of actors. And I get, I have a lot of clients that have finally retired and now they're an actor or they left their corporate job and now they're an actor. So many of my clients are the second act actors. Hmm. Do you notice a difference And I don't mean one is better than the other. 
between the actors you coach who are second act actors and the ones you coach who came through it through the traditional, I went to theater school, I studied Shakespeare, et cetera, et cetera. There's all different kinds of actors, Janet. <laughs> I mean, I can start breaking them down for you, you know. I remember, I remember, I mean, I've been doing this 28 years, right? I mean, I know it looked like I've been doing this 28 years, but honestly, I've been doing this 28 years. Um, when I first started in the theater with teaching in the theater in Los Angeles, only LA actors, I used to get the actor, I wouldn't say all of the actors did this, but I would say half the actors would come so I would fix them. Otherwise, their agent or manager was going to drop them hmm. because they weren't booking jobs. That's not my favorite kind of actor. And so that's why I'm on Zoom now ever since COVID. And I'm never going back to the theater because the people that I work with are people from all over the world. You know, I have a girl that's like literally in Tahiti, Germany, South Africa, Canada, Um all over the world because they want to be there. They're not there because their agent's going to drop them. They're there because they're truly an actor and I'm truly an actor. And those are the people I want to be with. There's a different kind of actor. There's an actor that wants to take a shortcut. Those aren't the people that stay with me very long because I call them out on it. Hmm. You know, I mean, it shows in the work. You know, I expect excellence out of my students and that's why I have people working because they strive for excellence. And if, if they are faint of heart, you know, they don't, they don't stay with, you know, the people that stay with me and I teach about 150 actors a week. <laughs> and, of, and all of those actors, every single one of those actors are there because they love acting and they want to share their talent with the world. And they're not posers. <laughs> so, I mean, what would you consider a poser, Janet? I have many answers to that question, but I my the biggest thing, and this is me going on a bit of a tangent. That's okay. The, the biggest thing struck me about you and your guidelines and just every, when I first heard your podcast with Audrey Moore I was just like excuse my French who the fuck is this who is this person who is this person not in a bad way being like I love this yeah because because of because of you don't call you call people out and it's interesting because there's a parallel between medical critic like so I come I'm a doctor I got so much criticism in my medical training, but the criticism was to make me a better doctor. Yes. When I flipped into acting, I found so many people who, when they heard criticism said defense mode, how dare you? Like it was just, or it was not useful crit critiques. And what I found with you was what I was looking for in that there was no BS. It was criticism to make me better. Yes. Which I struggled to find. And I think the answer to your question, like, who's a poser? The posers in this industry, and no offense to them, are the people who can't 
take the criticism that's supposed to make them feel better because they filter it in their brain as in, you're mean. How dare you? You're like, no, this is to make you a better actor. But they yeah, I think it's one thing. Yeah. To, um, what I get a lot is uh, I, I'm always actually uh, fixing my broken actors that have been because I consider myself like a, a booking doctor. Okay, which is funny that you're a doctor. So, um, not funny, haha, funny, strange. Um, (laughs) So, um, they come to me with all kinds of ailments. And one of the ailments is, um, I'll just use one example. They'll have some uh, teacher tell them they're too much. So, when they come to me, They have made themselves so small. It's one thing to tell somebody you're too much for that particular scene. And actors take things to heart. You tell them one thing, they apply it to everything. When it's an isolated incident. So they're not getting that, oh, it's just in this moment. But the teacher doesn't explain that. They just give them a blanket statement. If I give somebody a statement and say, hey, listen, um, I think think that this material needs to be more grounded in your exact truth. And then you could blow it up. Because when it's grounded in your exact truth and then blow up, that's hilarious. Which is like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams and all those great, great comedians. What makes them so funny is because they're telling the truth. So instead of telling somebody that's too much, they don't explain the fix. So you can't just give an actor a random comment because it's going to shut them down for life. So now I have to go in and go, no, that's not true. Everything that's about you is what's going to make you a star and you just shut that down. Hmm. Everything that your isms, who you are, that's going to make you a star. And that comment just took that away from you. It's an isolated incident without an explanation. Hmm. So if you're going to give an actor a comment, be educated enough and give them an explanation. Why? But I'm not sure that they have the skill level, not that they just put up a shingle and called themselves a coach, but they put up a shingle and called themselves a coach. (laughs) Like, how much training do you have? Like, you guys, if you're going to find yourself a coach, make sure that you look at their credits. How many stars have they put out? How many series regulars do they have on TV right now? Not like a star from 30 years ago. And and check the credits. Uh, check their credits. And are they watching TV? <laughs> I watch every single show, practically. And if I don't, I, I, I put it on my list and make sure that I catch every show. Lately, unfortunately, I've been watching Korean... Um, Soap operas, but uh, I'll get over that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and I think that's really important because one of the things I know a lot of second act actors in particular reach out to me and say, how do I find an acting coach? Right. And and I'm sure you hear that all the time. Like what makes a good one? What makes one I need to steer away from when, as soon as you say into the universe, cause your phone hears you that you're interested in acting, your social media is just going to blow up with people with these promises of like, come to my class, come to this workshop, shell out tons of money and I will get you booking more false promises, false promises. How do we wade through that when we, especially right now as actors, are getting a little... I'm sorry, Janet. I got to cut you off because I don't think anybody knows what they're fucking doing. Okay? <laughs> sorry. Because everybody tells me where they're training and I'm fixing their shit. Okay? So it's like if you come to me and you have a resume of this many people and you still don't know what you're doing... Then you spent all that money. And that's why the Linda technique was born. Because I went to London. I went to, to Meisner for years. I went studied with Stella Adler. And I studied with Harry Master George. I studied with all these people. And I still couldn't book a TV job. Because I still didn't know what I was doing. Hmm. The Linden technique came out of a technique that I created along the way to figure out how to book TV. I was booking films because they just want interesting, complex, weird people. <laughs> the more you're yourself, the more you'll book film. Um, but television is a whole nother beast that needs to be figured out. So just because you're a great actor, you're not necessarily going to book television. So if you want a big career and get on a TV show... You need to take some time and figure it out. And nobody's teaching that. They're just teaching you how to act. And and granted, I love when people come to me with these juicy vehicles. And you know, and the older you are, and the more you've been around, hopefully the juicier your vehicle. Hmm. So if you want to spin in a class, then spin in a class and get that vehicle juicy. You know? And then come to me and I'll show you where to place it in order to tell the best story. The thing that I really liked about your Linden technique is how concrete the steps are. Mm -hmm. As somebody who comes from a science brain, who's looking for steps as I try and redevelop my creative brain it really, I was really drawn to it because it all makes sense. And also I was able to be like to, to check the boxes, which my task completion anxiety feels really good about that. But I agree with you. Nobody was teaching me that. Yeah, they were, they were teaching you how to act. Yeah. And, um, but not necessarily how to tell a great story. Hmm. The people that we watch weekend, like I watched every single episode of how to get away with murder because of Viola Davis. Okay. But it's only because of her because every time she's on the screen, she tells a great story in a deep, personal, connected way. Why does it need to be any more complicated than that? 
the techniques there to make sure that you've covered the story because I think all of us have reading comprehension issues. <laughs> that we only, we read things that we want to see, you know. Like somebody, like people in in class will always be like, yeah, but I thought that, you know, she was going through this. I said, well, if you could show me in the script, even a line of dialogue or an action or a parenthetical that suggests that, I'll go with you on it. But if you're making those decisions and it's not supported by text, then you're just going to have to throw it out and start over again because you're not actually reading what's there. Hmm. So if you're an actor that gets a lot of callbacks, it's because you're interesting and you're, uh, you're, you're uh, juicy. I love the word juicy. Um, and you're, you're, you're filled up and people want to watch you. But the person that's going to get your job is going to be in that show telling a better story. Hmm. One of the things that struck me that I love, I should say, about the, the steps that you have is actually the, the, the very first one is reading the sides 10 times like you're reading a book. And of course, every single time I get new sides, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't have time for this. And, but then I just, I sit down and I do it. And I kid you not, dear listeners, every time I read it, something new pops out every time. So that's 10 new things that come out every time I read, like, you read it 10 times, I learned 10 new things. It blows my mind. So yeah, sad. I mean, so I, it's tedious and I hate it because I hated homework growing up. I hated it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like a person that would just do it at the last minute. I was a crammer, you know, the other <laughs> crammers out there. Major <laughs> like I would leave the test and not even remember anything, you know. Um, but as an actor, it's so important to be diligent even if you read it five times, walk away, and then read it again five times, um, and spend a lot of time on the other person's dialogue, mm -hmm. which is guideline 10. And what I mean is don't do their homework for them, but you can't have a conversation with somebody unless you know what's coming at you. Hmm. Guideline 10 is how do I hear what the other person says from my character's point of view? So how are you going to argue with somebody unless you know what their argument is? So I find that a lot of uh, people don't spend enough time and they act by themselves. And if you spend a lot of time going, how am I receiving this? That's only going to add some more fire to what you're, what you're going to say back, which will make you even more interesting. Yeah. How do I hear, like, what, do, what am I hearing the other person saying? Yeah. How's it hitting me? Yeah. And like how the fact that it's something so simple where, yeah, where the person's saying back to you, like, I don't want chicken for dinner. Like, I don't hear when my partner says that to me, like when my husband says that to me, I'm not just hearing him say that. I'm hearing what I think he's saying. What did you so think I, said? I, what I you just think? like, oh, like, you know, I don't love you anymore, right? Something as dramatic as that, or, right? Or your so, chicken sucks. Okay, yeah. so let's say, so let's say he says to you, no, no, Janet, don't make me chicken. I don't want chicken anymore. What are you thinking right now? Yeah. Oh, what God. are you thinking right now? He doesn't love me. He hates me. He hates this. Keep going. What else are you thinking? Uh, he found somebody else 
he found someone who makes chicken better. Than oh, him. shit. <laughs> Maybe he's, you know, like, it, it's that. Okay, yeah. well, that's what you would write next to his dialogue. So powerful. Oh, my God, he's triggering me. He's making me feel insecure about my cooking. I, it's like he always used to eat the chicken. Like, a hundred things are going through your head. Like, why today doesn't he like the chicken? Did he go out with somebody else and she made him better chicken? I mean, you're having, like, a million things going on in your head. Well, isn't that life? So the linen technique mirrors life. Mm. It mirrors life. So it's like it's like a quotient. It's like a template. It's like a scientific input. And I find when I was, so I did a lot of theater when I was younger. And when I was learning more about film and television acting, I'd be worried that thing, because it's all about the eyes and the face. I'd be worried that things wouldn't come across. But it's so subtle that when you're thinking about when that thought process is going through your head, oh my God, he's found somebody else who makes better chicken. Oh my goodness. It, even though you're like, what does my face look like? It's coming through which is so powerful in my mind. Yeah, okay, let me do a quick exercise with you, okay? Just sit still, just stay still, okay? And I want you to, I, I'm gonna tell you that I don't like your chicken, okay? And I want you to just sit with what that feels like. And after what that feels like is in place, I just want you to say why, okay? Okay. Um, honey, don't make me this chicken anymore. absolute fear and sadness no you're just supposed to say why okay let's start again you're just supposed to say why so after everything is there mm -hmm. don't move just feel and just say why when when it's in place okay okay you know when you make me this chicken i just want to throw up Why? There we go. <laughs> oh, and it's it's that emotional gut punch that so many of us second act actors are craving. <laughs> there you it go. It just feels so damn good. Yeah. Isn't so oh. I think it's great Amy. to talk. I think it's important to talk around your own dialogue and get off the line and to do a lot of work on how how this person is affecting you. Mm -hmm. um, in a deep personal way. And then just say the damn line. Everybody manipulates dialogue and they're so afraid. They're like, I'm like, I'm terrified of not saying the right line. <laughs> terrified. It's, it's almost like I almost need to go to a hypnotist about it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, I'll tell you a story. I was on uh, NYPD Blue, okay? Because I've done, I, I don't know, 50 TV shows, like 150 movies, crazy shit. And so I'm on NYPD Blue, and I'm going to see Dennis Franz and um, this guy that has three names. And I'm I'm the neighbor that's hysterically crying because the, her neighbor is dead, and and she cared for her. She did things for her. They were friends. And I'm, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm saying the dialogue, I'm having this great scene, they, they say cut, and the script supervisor 
comes over and says, um, Ms. Linden, you said of instead of the. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's television. Hmm. Now, if this was feature film, they would be like, oh, my God, check the gate. We're moving on, you know, um, but that's television. They're so in love with getting it perfect. I'm talking about network television. Mm-hmm. I am not talking about anything on HBO, AMC, Showtime, or anything on the streaming services. I'm talking about Fox, NBC, CBS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that because, is it just time course? Because they are fast, they need it fast? Or why is it so strict with the script? Um, a lot gets said in a page and a half. Hmm. They have a team of writers and they're really concise, especially with comedy. You have to really look at the punctuation when it comes to comedy. Um, but I feel that that in that case, it was uncalled for because that was, I gave them a great performance and it would have taken a lot to do that performance again. They, they should have just left that performance alone hmm. because it had the guts of what was going on with the neighbor. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't remember which one they, they picked. Yeah. Because I was so aggravated. Well, no kidding. Yeah. But that's the nature of television. And that's why you get paid a lot of money. Hmm. So if you want to make a lot of money on television, you have to play by the rules. And you can't be aggravated by of and the. Yeah. And me being the artist for many years, I'm like, well, what is with you? You know? <laughs> well, and I think like, the, and again, you come back to story, right? And how important story is. And I think that is the rule is telling the story and your role in that story, especially in film and TV, when, you know, your role as the pizza delivery man in, and I know you say this is straight out of your classes, your role as the pizza delivery man in a movie could win you an Oscar. Your role as the pizza delivery man in a TV show is to deliver the damn pizza and get the hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not your show. Like, Say there's pepperoni on it and leave. <laughs> I, I had a girl in class last night just talking about, because I have this actor club, and I love the club. It took me forever to put it together, and I love the club. I launched it in October, and I have 40 members right now. And last night was self-tape night where I review people's self-tape. But she was talking about an audition that she had, and somebody told her she was too much for her co-star. And I said, well, did your character even have a name? She said, no. I said, well, then you are, you are sucking the dirt then. You are so low. You're like number 20 on the call sheet at that point, if you're even on the call sheet. So represent what that is. (laughs) But my art, my art, I want a backstory to paramedic number two. (laughs) I know, but how are they going to remember me? They're not supposed to. It's too busy. Like, they're not going to remember you. It's too they're not, they're it's just too not supposed to. They're not yeah. supposed to. Hmm. So do a lot of not supposed tos 
and then you'll move up to sort of supposed to, and then you'll move up to, oh, 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 okay, well, your trailer's over there, and then you'll move up to, hey, you want to eat with me? And then you'll move up to, hey, we're, let's sign a contract. Yeah. Hmm. Just know the batting order. Hmm. And do we get there, like, do we, do we get there through, like, obviously, like, you're booking and blah, 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 blah. But I know everyone's looking for the fast way to rise to the top. But, like, I just struggle with, I think it's networking is the piece but like how, what is your advice for trying to move through those steps, especially with the state of the industry right now? Everybody is doing a film in your neighborhood. Hmm. When you want to act, you'll, you'll just find something to act in. I'm sorry, but it's true. If I could, as a veteran actress and a, with a celebrity coach, whatever, could could spend an entire summer shooting a no-budget film. I had uh, 94 scenes. Then why can't you? It's like, preach. <laughs> yes. Why can't you? I mean... Look, you might not want to be, I remember one year they, they were like, uh, I was like, where's the bathroom? They gave me a shovel and some toilet paper. Huh. Okay. But that's really like down there, okay? Um, although that was, yes, yes. Oh, and a flashlight. Thank you. Oh my God. I had to bring a friend and said, okay, hold the flashlight, just turn around. You know? <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm a diehard. How much of a diehard are you? And, you know, and I wish I was consistently a diehard. I think I, my career would have been further along had I been consistently a diehard. Hmm. Um, but that's a whole nother Oprah and a whole nother conversation on a whole nother day. <laughs> well, it's interesting because so much about the industry and acting, there's so little time, even when you're on set, when you're actually getting to do the acting thing. You know, and so why not, especially in this time when we've got a writer strike looming in Canada, we're still like in winter. Nobody wants to film up here. Of course not. Why not find something and somewhere to actually just do some damn acting? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Preach, Janet. Preach. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you that if you've got a camera and you've got friends, and you've got a cool location, then why aren't you shooting something? Hmm. But shoot without result. I think I think a lot of people are like, yeah, but I've already spent this amount of money on this, and, and I've got no, like, nothing from it. Well, what about if you just put it out in the universe? And do it because you love it and keep doing it because you love it and keep getting better because you're an artist and, and wanting to be the greatest actor that ever lived. What about that? Or are you waiting for your agent to call and you're nice and cold for that audition? Well, I hate to tell you, but the, 
the people that have been making movies in their basement and they get that same call, chances of them getting that job is much higher. Mm -hmm. They're warmed up. It's a marathon race. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm saying where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, it sort of is. My uncle has a bar and let's put on a show. I mean, it's sort of, it sort of is that. Yeah. It's performing in the pediatric unit, right? Like, <laughs> there you go. I'm so Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think we forget so often when. When it becomes a business, which it is, of course, we have to make money to pay the bills. We're adults. Of course, it's a business. But that's where I think acting is so interesting because if you go too far business, you lose the creative craft and the joy. But if you go too far creative craft and joy, you forget that you're also an adult and you want to make some money and you have to do that. So it's such a fine line, I think. Do you have any advice for finding that line? Well, you know... um, I don't know if you know this, but I was a personal manager for nine years. I did not. Yeah. Well, because I don't talk about it a lot because I hated every minute, but, mm. but I learned so much. Mm. If your demo reel doesn't match your resume, doesn't match you, doesn't match how they're casting out there in the world, then that is why you're not getting auditions. Whew. So it's called a comprehensive package. So making sure that you know who's got your job. Not to stand in front of a branding thing where they're like, okay, you're a doctor and you could also be a prosecuting attorney and you could be a, yeah, but on what show? Mm, Doesn't even exist. Yeah. On what show? So, like, like I could see you in a Western. Like, with your look, you have a period piece feel to you. I could see you in a Western. Like, an, like remember that Western um, that uh, Audrey Moore was in with all the women? Yes. Um, yeah. Godless. Godless. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a perfect job for you. Mm-hmm. So, spending time on... How does the industry hire my type? Rather than going to a branding expert and saying, you know what? Blue looks so good on you. (laughs) What would you say to people who are like, I'm a new actors want to be all the things. And we also think we're all the things. Because I, I know my brain still is convinced I'm a young 20-something who could be the lead on a CW show. Absolutely not. I'm 40. I'm now a mo- like the mom character. And so it's hard because I know I hear from people, oh, Janet, you talk all the time about, about how important it is to know your, quote, brand, but your type that is filming. But doesn't that restrict me from exploring everything that I can explore as an actor? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, well, I'm, you know, you know, I'm going to always give you an answer that you've never heard before. I I don't speak like everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I believe if you dream it, you can have it. Of course, you can't drop down to 20, but you certainly could be on a fantasy show playing a witch or, Mm. or um, somebody that hangs out, an elf that hangs out in the woods. 
or somebody from a from a that an alien community. Mm-hmm. You feel very sci-fi to me. Yeah. Star mm-hmm. Trek, you know. You, I mean, you feel very sci-fi. So why why not look at what that is? Like, uh, I believe if you believe it and you sell it, they might buy it. But let's be realistic about it. Like you said, you can't play 20, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be on a CW show. Right. Yeah. You could be on a CW show, like, or, or Stranger Things, you know, what's her name? Has your job? That wackadoodle girl. Um, what's her name? Winona Ryder? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she has your job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're typing. Um, uh, there's there's uh, a lot of indie actresses that are like Fleabag and you know those kind of shows that have your look. I, you know, and and I think it's important to think about well, uh, what other what dialects do that do I do? Maybe I should like really brush up on my dialects. Because um, are you Scottish, Irish, and British? Pretty much, yeah, with a little Italian thrown in. <laughs> yeah. What are you? Uh, Irish, Scottish, a little Italian, and some and British, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, get all those dialects down. I think all of us can be very busy if we use our imagination hmm. and get out of this shoulda, coulda, woulda thing and what you think is required of you. Hmm. You get to have the career that you want. You get to design that career. You just, a lot of people just don't go and do it. Hmm. What do you think is the block for that? Like, why not? Fear. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I remember I once made this art piece and I'm not a, like a visual artist. It took me like three years to finish it because it's like, but it's not finished. I don't know. Is it finished? I don't know. I don't. Is, will people like it? <laughs> Till finally, I said, just finish the damn thing and move on to something, you know. But there's an insecurity around not knowing. Hmm. You know, the guideline "What am I doing?" all uh, to your scripts also applies to your life. You know, if you know what you're doing, there's confidence that comes with what am I doing and having a game plan. And, you know, I I think that that's what it is. Hmm. I mean, I give people game plans all day long. But I just gave you like like 20 things to think about. Oh, my God, I know. (laughs) You just watch this back, write down your list. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that's that's the guidelines as well too, right? So is is yeah. the game plan that I think a lot of newer actors, second act actors, and honestly just actors in general feel like they're floundering without concrete ways to game, right? And wanting Yeah, to- I think if they could apply what they did in their straight life, let's call it their straight life, mm-hmm. the same business principles to this life, they would be further along. Yes. And I make those connections all the time for them. 
I know. Okay. So how many hours did you spend? Okay. Let's just use you for example. How many hours did you spend um, passing uh, the, your first test? Oh my God. I couldn't even count. Well, let's just give say, me a number. Let's say 120. Okay. Like three full weeks of full-time work. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, what about if you looked at those three full weeks and you put it towards looking up every single person that has your job and what are the stylists putting them in huh. and doing a lookbook board so you can see it? And then what about if you wrote a bio for each one of those people on the particular show that you believe this belongs on? Because there's one picture that could cover um, the same thing, prosecuting attorney, detective, um, small town sheriff. You know, it's kind of like, you know, and then you have the rural thing that could cover uh, prisoner. (laughs) Yeah. White trash, um, you know, trailer park mom, uh, druggie, somebody that goes to AA meetings, you know, I mean, like just, I watch a lot of television. So I, uh, my computer is always going in my head about like, where does something fit and what's the essence of me. And so I think if you took all the hours and really looked at, and these are for your second time, second act actors, um, let's look at the amount of time that you spent becoming a CEO. And let's apply that to your acting business and let's apply that to your acting instrument Hmm. and let's stop spinning. I think I see more people that are spinning. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, if I have this site called the actors toolbox.net and if they just did all of the assignments on there, I've like six different, um, templates on interview letters. I have like resume templates, um, uh, lectures and just lectures about how to put together your package. If they were just doing that and what is that? $19 and $95, cents a month. If you just did all of the assignments and then watched 150 actors that I'm coaching, You'd be further ahead than you are right now. (laughs) It's virtually impossible to not be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because if you became that as a CEO, then you know that it takes steps. I'm giving you the steps. Do that. Do all of that. And then come to me. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Come to me with a resume that looks like it's somewhat formatted. Come to me with a photo session that you did all the homework on and I'll pick the pictures hmm. come to me with uh, scenes written one page each as, as told uh, about these scenes. Um, and I'll lead you in the right direction and help coach you and get you some partners and get you on your way. Hmm. But don't come to me and say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Cause it's not true. Well, you kind of answered my question, but my question is if somebody wants to work with you, 
what would you recommend? Like you would recommend starting with your toolbox? No, that's for the business aspect. I was, yeah. I was talking about the business aspect. If they want to work with me, the best thing to do with is a sign up for the Saturday intensive. It's so good, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paid to say this. It's so damn good. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. I actually have a master class, Janet. I should. Yeah, I gotta find some time because I'm I'm out east and it's like I know it's like five p.m. till ten p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, I'm like, oh lordy, I'm gonna have to caffeinate. <laughs> but yes, that is. Well, or I can take you earlier. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I can put you up earlier. Um, but anyway, but you could also join the toolbox. I, I mean, the mm-hmm. Actors Club, which only meets on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you have to pass the qualification of uh, whether how well you know the technique because mm-hmm. you have to read the book and then I send you a scene and I see how you do with your scene. Um, do you, uh, a quarter of my series regulars, I have 56 series regulars right now and a quarter of them have no other training other than this technique, which I find astounding. That's fabulous. Like really astounding. So there's a lot of people that get into the master class with no other training. Hmm. I almost would rather train somebody that has less training hmm. than somebody that's overtrained because we're spending so long tearing away these ideas and concepts of how you get to material. The rawness is what people respond to. Hmm. And sometimes we were so overstudied that we approach things with our head and not our heart. Hmm. You guys could stay away from actions and stay into emotions and act with your emotions and then work your transitions. Um, your characters will start popping like crazy. So they'll go to the intense Saturday intensive, which I hold once a month, but make sure you get the audio book, which is the extended version of the, the book that I wrote in 2009. It's basically me yelling at you in every chapter. <laughs> you can tell I'm a doctor who went through like harsh medical school. Cause I was like, I love it when people yell at me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's motivating. And then, um, and then you leave again into the master class where you'll train for a little bit in the teeny classes that my associate Gregory has. Um, and then come into the master class, but definitely join the club. I mean, geez, the club, I literally look at your homework. Hmm. We put it up on the screen and I go through your homework to see how you're literally breaking down your scene. Because you're only going to be as good as your homework. And then um, every Thursday is a different class. So I have another class that I, uh, is an accountability class, and that's a business class. Hmm. So if you say you're going to do something that month, I'm writing it down. And then the following, and then we're going to see if you did it. <coughs> and I'm going to tell you how to do it, how to get it done. Yeah. You know, and then... And then I have uh, people coming in. I just had a, a social media person come in and then I have, 
I had a vocal person come in and talk about mm. how you could use your vocal to to pop character. Mm. Yeah, so it's a it's a club. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a creative community, right? Like you were saying, we were talking about the very beginning that we just seek and crave. That's so fabulous. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, but any- follow me on Instagram, you guys. If oh you yeah. DM me, if you DM me on Instagram, it's just at Amy Linden. And say, I want my damn code. Just write that. I want my damn code. <laughs> Come on, I got to get you strong, guys. So let's start with that. I want my damn code. And put an exclamation point there. Then I know that you saw this podcast. You saw this podcast, yeah. And then I will give you a discount on the Udemy course that you could do it from your house. I am a living, breathing uh, billboard for that Udemy course. I absolutely loved it. I look at it constantly. I think I've, I did it when I first started acting three years ago. It was one of the first courses I ever did because it was uh, like ever wow. of any type of acting. Yeah. And yeah, I, I reference it all the time. It's the PDF of your book is on every computer because who knows where I'm going to be to do a, a self-tape audition. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? Yeah, I want to talk to uh, the people that are your second actors. Mm -hmm. You know, you get to have this dream. You know, and I say that with mist in my eye. Mm -hmm. it, It doesn't... It doesn't matter how old you are. You get to have your dream. But go at it the way you went at the first part of your life. And I'm here to help if you need help. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And oh, thank you, Amy, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, I know, very busy schedule to spend some time with me, to push me, to be energetic with me to do a little acting coaching. How cool is that? That was really, really fun. Everybody, as I wax poetic in the introduction, if you have not, not taken her class, I highly recommend you do it. She's got a Udemy course as well, too. You can do it on your own time. It was a game changer for me, especially as a beginning actor. I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye! Second Act Actors is produced and edited by me, Janet McMorty. Theme music by Guillaume. Additional sound editing by David Studio. Additional video editing by Jackie Wadewer. Show notes written by Sarah Hopkinson. I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancys, Judgy McJudgersons, or Debbie Downers, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!